Hello, I'm Daniel Davis, and you are listening to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This week, we are on Unit 30, Session 2, titled, The Church Meets Needs. As we continue following the storyline of the Bible in the book of Acts, we notice that while the first Christians had been together, sharing their resources and possessions with one another as any had need, brokenness still remained in the world. Through the story of healing that we'll look at in this session, we will see how the generosity that marked the people of God in the church spilled over into their care for those on the outside, especially those who were hurting and broken. In healing a man who was lame, Peter and John displayed God's power to him and all those around and pointed to the greater spiritual healing found in Christ. In point one, we see that God's people serve others to display God's works. Through a two-section breakdown of the scripture passage for this point, first you will lead your group to consider what is the role of the church and believers in the area of social concern, and second, you will emphasize the ultimate goal for our acts of social concern, which is to display God's work and point people to Jesus as Savior and Lord. The key doctrine on social concern is emphasized here because the man who was born lame in the scripture passage asked for money from passersby going into the temple to worship and pray. The statement says believers should work to provide for the needy. How we do so may be a matter of debate, and definitely a matter of wisdom, but we should care about those who are in need and act for the benefit of all as we are able. The statement also says much about how believers should act for the benefit of society at large. But the main thing to take away from the statement is the preeminence of the gospel of Jesus Christ as the primary tool of believers in the realm of social concern. Band-aids are not cures, but they can assist in the healing process. Similarly, the actions of believers that bear out our social concern can do much to help people in communities in need. But the ultimate cure for every person and every society is Jesus. Our faith in Jesus should lead us to act out of social concern. And our actions with respect to social concern should be done in Jesus' name so that we can point people to Jesus as everyone's true hope for our deepest need for spiritual healing and restoration. Bearing out this perspective on social concern, Peter and John showed care for the man who had been born lame. They didn't have any money to give, but what they did have was access to the Savior of the world. So, they gave that man Jesus. In the name of Jesus, they told the lame man to get up and walk. And the verses following our focal passage tell us that the man did just what he was told. Though he had never before used his legs and feet to walk, he got up and began walking, leaping, and praising God for this healing. This miracle brought glory to God and would provide Peter and John opportunities to proclaim the name of Jesus. The ultimate goal of our acts for social concern should be the same, to bring glory to God, not ourselves, and to help people see their need for forgiveness and salvation through repentance and faith in Jesus. In point two, we see that God's people challenge others to recognize God's Son. In the aftermath of healing the man who had been lame, a crowd gathered around Peter and John. And similar to his comments to the crowd on the day of Pentecost, Peter began to preach about Jesus. Peter's first step was to downplay his role in the miracle. The miracle happened not by his own power or godliness, but because of Jesus, whose name Peter had invoked. In humility, Peter deflected any praise and adoration that came his way. 
The second step was to direct the people's praise and adoration to Jesus, the one who has all power, authority, wisdom, and dominion. Again, Peter did some difficult work indicting the people for their sin of participating in the crucifixion of Jesus. God has glorified his son Jesus, but the people rejected him and crucified him. The people killed Jesus, who is the source of life, but God raised him from the dead. The key to the miracle Peter performed was Jesus, and specifically, Peter highlighted faith in his name. In the name of Jesus, Peter commanded the lame man to get up and walk, and he did. Similarly, whenever we meet the needs of others, we should do so in the name of Jesus and with faith in that name. In this way, we hopefully can open doors to sharing the gospel of Jesus with others. No matter how we might serve others, may we do so in Jesus' name so that he gets all the glory. In point three, we see that God's people invite others to experience God's presence. Getting into this scripture passage, keep in mind all the you statements from the previous one. You handed Jesus over and denied him before Pilate. You denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for Barabbas, a murderer, instead. You killed the source of life. Bam, bam, bam. Peter didn't soft-pedal his words, but was crystal clear. You killed Jesus, and you are guilty for his murder. The murder of God's promised Messiah. But Peter also expressed patience and grace in this situation. In the focal passage for this point, Peter said they acted in ignorance. They didn't know they were crucifying the Messiah, but that's what they did. And though they acted in ignorance, they still needed to repent so their sins might be wiped out. And to add to the grace of Peter's invitation, he went on to hold out hope in the return of Jesus, the resurrected Messiah, and seasons of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. For those who repent of their sin and tacit involvement in the crucifixion of Jesus, such people can find forgiveness, peace, and restoration with God and Jesus. Jesus was being honest on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And incredibly, Jesus forgives his own murderers when they, when we, come to him in repentance and faith. This is good news that the whole world needs to hear, and it is the responsibility of believers to proclaim this gospel far and wide, so sinners, both high-handed and ignorant, can find forgiveness and salvation in Jesus. One last point to make here. Peter again states that God's plan encompassed the sinful choices of human beings. The sin of the people in crucifying Jesus was foretold by the Old Testament prophets, who said that God's Messiah would suffer. Yet even though this was foreknown by God and part of His plan for the salvation of the world, Sinners are not absolved of their sinful choices. The people in Peter's audience needed to repent and be forgiven. And this is true of all people everywhere. Ignorance is no excuse. Nor can we blame God for our choices. We are responsible for our sin. And graciously, God has given His Son so that we might be saved, freed, and restored to Him. Once the Holy Spirit was given, the disciples began boldly proclaiming Jesus as Savior and Lord. The Holy Spirit displayed the power of God's kingdom through the miracles the disciples performed in Jesus' name for His glory and praise. It's easy to forget the role of the Holy Spirit in Acts, 
and in our own lives today. But we should make it a point to remember the Spirit's presence in our lives, be grateful for the gift of the Spirit, and actively rely on the Spirit for guidance, words, and boldness for our gospel mission. Because we believers have experienced the miracle of our salvation from sin and new life in Jesus, we should boldly and graciously proclaim the gospel and minister to all those in need in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.